Well, hey, I'm Andy McMillan, and today we're talking about shepherds, parents, sheep, and everything in between. Here we go. Well, hey, welcome to my podcast. I'm Andy. Uh, thanks so much for watching today. Whether you're listening, watching, getting this by carrier pigeon, whatever, thank you for tuning in. This is the second episode where we're going to talk through the 23rd Psalm. I believe one of the most powerful prayers in all of Scripture. I think it's very significant, very special, and it's made a ton of impact in my own life, and I hope that it does the same for you. Well, last week, just to recap a little bit, if you didn't watch that episode, go back, watch the very first one where we talk about the fact that we need to get the bigger picture of Scripture. And we need to understand that there is a much bigger, broader look at a lot of passages in Scripture that we're familiar with. Oftentimes, when things like the 23rd Psalm, we know it because we've heard it quoted, we can recite it ourselves. My three and four-year-olds, in their own broken way, can recite the 23rd Psalm. And sometimes that familiarity causes us to miss the bigger picture. And so in these episodes, what I want to do is just spend some time breaking some some of it down, and really having a conversation about its deeper meaning. And we're going to do that today. In some episodes, we'll talk about just a statement. Some episodes, we'll talk about entire verses together. It's going to be a great journey. Well, one of the things that we said in the last one, just to recap, not to go through everything else twice, but we do want to remind you that we said that the 23rd Psalm hinges, everything in the 23rd Psalm hinges on the statement, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. God desires to restore your soul. And so we said that there's three sections of this passage. The first one is that God's leading us to restoration. He restores us. And then because of his restoration, there are new realities in our life. And today we're going to start in that first section, dealing with the fact that God leads us to restoration. So let's look at the 23rd Psalm again, and then we'll jump in the part that we're going to focus on. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters, and you restore my soul. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We're going to start at the very beginning of this scripture, and that is the statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, when David wrote this, King David, same David as, as in David and Goliath, when he wrote this passage, he was giving us a picture of God's leadership. And he says that God was a leader like a shepherd, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That he's describing the way that God leads us to restoration, and he leads us that way as a shepherd. I think it's actually very interesting that David describes God's leadership as a shepherd because David, in a earlier part of his life, was a shepherd. But he wasn't a shepherd in like a way that you might would say that he was proud to be a shepherd. He might have enjoyed it, but he was a shepherd because he honestly wasn't considered that valuable in his family. David wasn't a shepherd because he was passionate about being a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy because his father chose to put him out in the fields with the sheep. 
And not as like a positive thing or not as like a, a honoring thing, but as a means to just get him out of the way. You can tell through scripture that David's father didn't think a lot of him, that Jesse actually thought so little of David that in a moment where the prophet Samuel comes to Jesse and says, one of your sons is going to be the next king of Israel. Bring them to me and line them up and I will tell you which one he's gonna be. We see this story in second, or sorry, first Samuel chapter 16. The Bible tells us that Jesse doesn't even go get David. He gets the rest of his sons, he lines them up. And when Samuel says, hey, this isn't it. These aren't the guys Jesse still awkwardly tries to get around bringing David into this moment. Jesse didn't think a lot of David, and because he didn't think a lot of him, he made him a shepherd. Yet this job that was demoralizing and probably caused David to have some type of self-esteem issues is the same job, it's the same type of leadership that David later uses to show us the leadership that God has in our life. You know, oftentimes the Lord will use things that were meant to hurt us, that were meant to bring us down, that were meant to cause us pain. And he'll use those things to help us better understand him or help us better understand the purpose that he's given us. And so when we see these moments in our life that we look at them and we think, man, this was a waste or all this caused was pain. There's actually, if we'll look deeper, something that God desires to do in and through that moment. And I know that that may sound cheesy, but it's the truth. When I look all the way through scripture, I can consistently see God use pain, God use brokenness, and God use things that were made or placed in your life for offense that God can use for his glory. And we see that in the life of David. What was meant to be uh, something that was just to get him out of the way as someone who wasn't important and really a mark on his life that could have caused him self-esteem issues for the rest of his life was actually something that helped him better understand the character and the nature of God. I think that that's a beautiful picture and a beautiful truth that came out of something that could have been very damaging to him. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, what does that mean, that the Lord is my shepherd? What does it mean to say that God is our shepherd? I wanna give you two thoughts on what it means to be led by the good shepherd. What does it mean to be led by God or allow God's leadership to lead us to a place of restoration? It says, his rod and his staff comfort me. What is a staff? I'm gonna throw up a picture on here so you kind of have an idea of what it looks like. It's a long stick with a circular end at the very top. And that circular end is not what you use like at the Apollo to yank people off the platform, but it is a tool to gently direct the path of the sheep. If you've ever been around livestock, but especially sheep, they're not exactly the easiest animals to keep in a herd. They love to wander. They love to kind of do their own thing. To be honest, they're not really that smart, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever been around sheep. They don't seem like the brightest tools in the tool shed. You know what I'm saying? They just don't seem like they're on the top of the food chain. And so when you see sheep, they need a lot of direction. And this staff gives the shepherd the ability to continually direct them in the way that they need to go. But not just that, not just that. This staff gives him the ability to gently direct them. 
So the shepherd desires to gently direct us in the way that we should go. He desires to gently direct us to a place of restoration in our lives. That's his heart and that's his desire. He doesn't just want to poke us when we get out of line. He wants to help gently guide us to where we want to go. And if we're honest, it's very easy to find ourselves much like sheep out of alignment, out of the lane that God desires for us to go. Stress can can distract us. Relationships can distract us. The chaos of the world that we live in can distract us. There are tons of things that can grab our attention. And just like sheep, we'll find ourselves going in a direction that's not healthy, that's not holy, and that's ultimately not best for us. But God desires, if we'll allow him to lead us, to gently direct us back to the path he has for us. So God is continually going to us, seeing that we're getting off course a little bit and desiring to help us get back in alignment, desiring us to be people who are filled with love, desiring us to be people who are filled with grace and mercy for those people around us. He's always gently guiding us to a place where not only we can show who Christ is, but also make us a healthier version of ourselves. That when I take his guidance, I find that those issues, those broken pieces of my life, those things that I'm embarrassed about, tend to fall away. Why? Because instead of veering off and finding myself in a place that's unhealthy, I'm allowing God to gently direct me to where he wants me to go. Now, one thing that's important to understand is that that is only if we allow God's leadership in our life. We can find ourselves going in a wrong direction because we just choose not to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We choose not to listen to the guidance that God has given us to help us direct our life. And if we don't listen to that counselor, that comforter, that is the Holy Spirit, we'll miss out on the gentle direction that God desires to give us. You know, one one of the things that I've found in my own life is that when I find myself the most distracted, I miss out on those nudges of the Holy Spirit. I miss out on hearing his voice say to me, hey, let's, let's get back in alignment. But it's when I quiet myself, it's when I get away a little bit from the chaos and I calm down, I begin to gently feel him moving me back in the direction he desires for me to be in. The second tool that he uses is a rod. Now, a rod is a very different piece of equipment for the shepherd. It's actually not for the sheep at all. Oftentimes, a rod is a, is a stick that is anywhere from 36 inches to uh, as short as 24 inches. It's shorter, and the bottom of it is carved often in the form of a stake. And it's, it's designed to be a crude spear. It's there for defense. It's there to fight off anything that would come at these sheep. It's there to protect them from any enemy that could pop up, enemies that would desire to hurt them, enemies that would desire to wound them and ultimately kill them. God desires to be a shepherd in our life, not only by gentle direction, but also by protection. Before we continue discussing Psalms 23, I want to make a request of you, and that is that you take just a second and share this podcast. If you're listening to it on audio or video, you can hit a share button that allows you to do one of two things. You can either uh, share it on social media, which I would greatly appreciate, or you can text it to somebody who you know needs it. Maybe you know somebody who needs to hear the message that the Lord is my shepherd. You have the opportunity today to 
just invite them to listen. Send this to them, tell them to give it a listen, and maybe it'll make an impact in their life. Hopefully, if it's making an impact in your life, it'll make an impact in theirs as well. The second thing that you can do for us is subscribe. The One of the biggest things that helps get this content in front of more people is taking the time to just hit that subscribe button and even the notification button if you're watching on YouTube so that it dings you every time there's a new episode. Thanks so much for taking a moment to do those couple of things. Let's jump back into the discussion of the Lord is my shepherd. This rod is there to protect us. It's there to keep us safe. It's there to keep those things that are from the enemy away from us. It's there to keep the lies of the enemy far enough away that we can't hear them. It's there to keep the destructive desire that the enemy has to hurt us, to cause us harm uh, away from us. You know, the Bible tells us that the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy in our life. And the shepherd's job is not only to gently guide us, it's also there to protect us. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean? He's leading me to a place of restoration, not only through the gentle direction, but also through the protection of the shepherd. And these two things coupled together always lead us to a place of healing and restoration in our life. They lead us to find newness in Christ in our life. They lead us to a healthier place. They lead us to a more whole place. They lead us to a spot where that brokenness in us, that wounding in us that we've carried for so long can finally begin to find a place to heal. Ultimately, it leads us to a place where we lack nothing. The scripture says in the ESV, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But another version that I really love of this passage says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. When I find myself 100% confident in what the shepherd is leading me to do and where he's leading me to go in my life, I find that I lack nothing. His guidance is always going to lead me to the things that I need, and his protection is always going to keep me from the things that would cause me harm, that would cause me pain, and that would cause destruction in my life. And this is true both in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm. You know, shepherding is a lot like parenting. The, the more that I parent, the more I realize the parallel between God's leadership and the leadership God desires for us to have in our children's life is very similar. When I think about my kids, I think about how I want to gently guide them into the people that they have the potential to be. I want to help them understand how to love people. I want to help them understand how to have grace for one another. I want to help them understand what it means to share. My kids are three and four, and sharing is a discussion on a regular basis in our house. And I want more than anything for my children just to learn to share and be a part of each other's lives. Because I know if they learn that here, then they'll actually have that be expressed in other relationships outside of our home. And so there are all of these things that I want to gently guide my children to. And when Jackson's going crazy because Eden touched her, touched his balloon, I don't even, I don't understand what like the infatuation of a toddler is with a balloon, right? They, they play with them forever, then they pop them and they cry. Anyway, d- discussion or rant over about balloons. But when Jackson's playing with his balloon and his little sister takes it, Learning that that there is a grace in sharing and learning how to interact with each other, those are things that we gently guide our children to. But there's this other side of parenting that is 
equally important. It's not more or less important than helping develop their character and helping develop how they treat other people. But it is very different because it is about protection. Because I can gently guide my children to act right, but if I don't ever protect them and they step out in front of a moving vehicle at five years old, none of that effort does anything because their life will cease to exist. But it is when I choose to gently guide them and protect them that I find that I'm meeting my sweet spot in parenting. The inverse of those things are true as well. If I didn't teach my kids how to act properly and how to have integrity and, and live with character, but I always protected them, they'd be terrible. They'd be coloring on people's walls and peeing outside whenever they want to. That's an issue with Jackson that I can't figure out. Also, because Jackson thinks it's fun, Eden also wants to do it now. It's a different conversation for a different day. But if we just let them do whatever they want and be just little hellions, but we kept them safe, we would be doing them a disjustice. It's when we choose to gently guide them and direct them, but also choose to protect them that we find our sweet spots as parents. And if you've got kids, you understand what I'm saying. And maybe you don't have kids, but it's what your parents did for you. If you had good parents, you experienced exactly what I'm talking about. It's that balance between those two. So there are some moments where I sit down with my son or with my daughter and we talk about issues. We talk about what's bothering them or frustrating them. And then there's also some moments where I pull them out of the line of fire because they're about to step off of a curb into a street and I grab them and I pull them tight and I say, don't ever do that again. Why? Because I'm protecting my children. It's in that gentle direction and that protection coupled together that we find the good shepherd's leadership. We can see it in our parents if we had good parents. We can see it as parents that way. It's this gift of healthy shepherding leadership that takes us to the place that God wants us to go. And that place is to a place of restoration. He is always working in us. He is always restoring us. He's always working inside of us. And when we allow him to lead us as the good shepherd, we lack nothing. I love that statement. I love that, that we see out of his protection and out of his direction that we don't, we don't need anything. We, we have everything that we need. We're, we're going to where he desires for us to go and we're being kept safe. And so I want to invite you today. Maybe you've never really invited the Lord to be your shepherd. Maybe you've confessed him as Savior and, and you're trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus, but you've never really made the invitation, God, lead my life, direct my life, direct me, protect me, allow your rod and your staff to shape me, mold me, and move me closer to the restoration that you have for me. Maybe you've never asked God to do that. God desires to do that in your life today. And all you have to do is just simply ask, God, be my shepherd. Lord, be my shepherd so that I will lack nothing. Lord, be my shepherd so that I will not want, so that I will have everything that you know that I need. Man, this 23rd Psalm is so powerful. And this is just like the first few words. As we continue to go on this journey, I know that it's gonna make a difference in your life just as much as it's made in my life. Well, until the next episode, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for watching the Andy McMillan Podcast. <laughs>